It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Well, I don't want to say I told you so, but Sam told you so. The podcast should just be the first seven minutes of me talking at the start of this (laughs) and say, and Rodri and Grealish won't play. That's that's it. That's from the show after Spurs. And well, all of those issues from that game were still present at Villa Park, exacerbated by Rodri and Jack Grealish's suspensions and Jeremy Doku's injury. And that's exactly what we said last time. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I'll take no pleasure in that. No, 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 not at all. But like, it's well, it, it was obviously you don't. Uh, that goes without saying. Although it kind of sounded like it. Um, but no, for the purposes of an intro, yeah, it works, like, doesn't it? It was it, it was one of them where it's it, it's basically the the impending disaster that you can see. It, it, it's being on the Titanic, but having seen the iceberg before anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of worried that it was. It was just us being that kind of pessimistic going into it. But there was loads of people pessimistic, weren't there? Yeah. Going into that game. Um, and it turns out for very good reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no point. Like, like, I didn't know you were going to play that clip. But if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, going, oh, like, be interested to see what's going on with City at the moment. And we don't address it at all. Just go back and listen to basically the the Villa recap part one, which was actually the Spurs recap. Yeah. Because we we talked about it there, we talked about all the issues that I think are going on, um, and it it was literally what the first five or six minutes. So if you listen to this for the first time, and you you're not going to get what you want from this, it's because we've talked about it for so so much, and the chances are ninety nine percent of the people listening to this will know exactly what we're going to say and probably kind of saw it for themselves during the game. So. Yeah, there's no point in going through it again. It's I just mean, old ground. We can yeah. certainly spend time on saying how shit everyone was and why this was bad and why this was bad and address these kind of things. But yeah, we've got loads of correspondence and people, you know, because we've had to record this later. Um, I got back at like half one after the game and then, you know, I've just been looking after my boy all day. So this is the earliest we could do it. But I've, like, 
there's no immediate reaction necessary, I don't think, because we, like I said, we we'd already done it. We knew, we kind we, of knew we what was going to happen. We previewed the immediate reaction, hadn't we? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, I was I was going to say our schedules have dictated that we couldn't record this straight away, but uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because no, um, I don't actually. Like being quick off the mark uh, could have it could have ended up with it being a lot more um, reactionary exactly. than I mean, it, it might needs be, to be. To be fair, yeah. it might be shy anyway. Well, yeah, I don't. I kind. I mean, I'm not saying people have like got to grips with it over 24 hours, but I think. Everyone's had a chance to like breathe, and yeah. look, people might still people might still be convinced that the season's going to go to part or whatever, and there's loads of deep line problems and all that kind of stuff. So fine if that if that's still the case, but I, I don't know. It just feels like a a better environment to to talk through it. But obviously, it doesn't change the facts of the performance um, because you know, as much as we expected, yeah, like expected that kind of thing to happen, or you know, um, Villa to win, like. For the stats to basically be what City to do to teams, you know, two shots on target, like lost the ball, or what was it, 13 times? A record 13 times, yeah. kind of build-up, which is a record for the Guardiola era. Like those kind of things. Like I don't know if we expected it to be that bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it obviously, you know, part of the part of the thing that obviously fans were wondering, and also I might have said, I think I, I would have said this, even if it, I think it was after the Leipzig game, you know, I, Somebody contacted me saying, "Oh, would you come on air after this if City lose?" You know, people kind of take more of an interest when City are losing. But one of the questions that came up was like, "Why is it like a right back, a centre back, and a striker in midfield?" And it's like, yeah, that does seem fairly backwards when you put it like that. But if we're going to jump straight in with one of the issues, because look, beyond the control stuff, which we've talked about a million times, and you can get on that post Spurs show if if you want a recap of it. There's no point saying that again, but the issues from the game itself, one of them being that kind of midfield that shock horror didn't look up to much. But then you think, what is the alternative to that? And they they don't feel, and to be fair, I can't imagine it either, that Alvarez can play wide and Rico Lewis is better inside than than on the right wing. Obviously, they did try him on the right wing anyway. So then it's almost like, it, it you know it makes sense for you know Alvarez to play in the middle where he's played all season, Rico Lewis to play inside, because if he's not going to play right back, and to be fair if he if he did play right back then you'd still need to find somebody else to play on the right wing, and then okay maybe it's Oscar Bob or well or right, we'll go down that route later on, but it, it it makes more sense to play Alvarez and Rico Lewis inside and then Stones in midfield, but then you do end up in a situation where obviously Foden hasn't got that power quality or the control quality but we we know that in the right setup he doesn't need it. But Bernardo, you know, Bernardo and Foden are probably City's best two, like number eight available, and they were playing wide, so it did seem a bit backwards. But then, obviously, the other the other situation you've got is well, what is what is the alternative? And it's like, well, Kovacic, Nunes, and Phillips. Like the other two, obviously, aren't as damned as Phillips. But finish, Phillips is finished, as we know. And I, I'm not even like being nasty about it. It just is like, like what do you want to say? Like, there's no, there's. There's, That's been the case since the, like the end of last season, mate. If he if he if he wasn't if he was going to have any sort of role in the team, he'd have played. He he would have been involved last night. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, yeah, I suppose even the subs then kind of showed again that as we knew going into the season, like he's seen Kovacic and Nunes be signed and then go straight into the team ahead of him. You know, I think Nunes may had made more appearances or close to in his first month or so. Obviously, he's barely been seen since. But then. So Kovacic, so in terms of Kovacic and Nunes, 
like I'm not having the conversation now. We know this. Um, in terms of how good they're going to be for City, I think Kovacic in particular will be good. Like Nunes, I don't know, but you know, we, did we think Cancelo or Bernardo or whoever you know was going to be, or Rodri in particular was going to be amazing later on? No, we didn't. So fine, but and you know, I hate to make these points as well, so I don't think I'm doing it cheaply. But it's such a it's such a basic thing to say. I feel like I could be on any shit podcast saying this, but you know, when Declan Rice scores in the last minute the night before. But even going into the game, I was thinking if they had signed Rice, and I'm not criticising the decision that they hadn't, because basically the long and the short of that is it's the same transfer policy that they've used for everything. And look, yeah, we, yeah. Well, I always say on the podcast, uh, we, when like people, there will be people who hate that transfer policy, but there will be people, I think like me, who are like, well, if you talk about dodge bullets, or all the players who've gone to United or Chelsea or whatever and not done very well, then it's the same policy and you can't. You can't just criticise it when it works and when it doesn't. And it's like when people were saying about selling Jesus and Sinchenko last season to Arsenal. I was like, well, why aren't you saying about Sterling? Hmm. Like, just because Sterling's not been good at Chelsea last season. You can't just, like, pretend it didn't. You can't just cherry-pick the transfers that you like. So the the Rice thing, I'm not going back and retrospectively criticising it because I get it. I will say we we had... um, It normally works. We had a few emails that basically were... I didn't include these in in what we're going to talk about today, but we had a few emails along the lines of um, why didn't City just pay the extra that that, um, West Ham were demanding for, for Rice. And, I don't think I they mean, knew the extra. They just didn't want to go anywhere near finding out. That was the thing, and but also on top of that, it was we talked about this at the time. But there was the element of um, Rice not being one hundred percent set on it, and then they don't have the leverage. So, like, it's it's one of them where like you can understand the the decision to walk away and look elsewhere, and then you kind of they arrived where they did. It's not like it, it's it's a well worn path that City have been down here. It's not it's not a yeah, new yeah, thing. Like, yeah. it, like, it is what it is. And look, some people will hate that and say we've not gone in strong enough on it or whatever. But like, they probably don't listen to the podcast by and large. Um, but it's just like going into the game thinking, what's my coverage going to be of this game if and when they lose? And obviously, I tweeted it as as a joke on Monday, but kind of half serious. You know, read this like um, kind of diagnosis of the Spurs game now. So we don't have to do it again when they lose on Wednesday. And I was joking, but like there was a bit of basis to it. Um, but yeah, but with the Rice thing, even before the game, I was like, well, if they had signed Rice, then there wouldn't be this, oh, Christ, what's going to happen with that Rodri kind of scenario. Um, and it goes back to what we said after the Spurs game in terms of what we actually said at the start of the season. Like, is this squad stronger now than it was last season? No, it isn't. Not right now. But there is the potential for it to be in future. But obviously right now, that doesn't help. Um, right now at this particular minute, it doesn't help because you got into that situation where Kovacic and Nunes and obviously Phillips were nowhere near starting and then they come on and it doesn't really make a difference. Um, but then the other thing with Rice, just a complete side point, you know in the summer when we were trying to explain, yeah, well, you know, he's not just going to be a backup to Rodri. Why do people think this? Like He's, he's going to play next to Rodri and like get forward. And in the summer, it kind of felt like that was... You were convincing people that that was what they were going to do and it just didn't seem right. But you look at how City have tried to play this season and how Rice has played at Arsenal. It just seems so fucking obvious, doesn't it? Like, you can imagine Rice playing next to Rodri this season. Like, uh, like Kovacic has done at times and getting forward and carrying the ball forward. Like, could, can you imagine how good that would have been? But all right, whatever. Like, I, it's not... You know, like, it, just, it is what it is. It's just a fact, isn't it? Like, if, if they had assigned, it would have been great. But it goes... That's just idle kind of, I don't know, chatter, basically. 
it's, there's no there's no point to it. There's no they should have done this. They should have done that. It's just okay. And I suppose like the kind of chickens have come home to roost in. Is that chickens come home to roost? Yeah, it's chickens do come home. No, the cow the chickens cows come roost. home. No, cows no, come home. Yeah, cows come home means the chickens. Yeah, so that been counted. They've hatched. What? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you're not counting your cows until they've come home. Um, no, no, not exactly. At all. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, there is. I mean, there is a knock on of that at the moment. And look, if they don't win the league at the end of the season then you know then it's like okay well that was one of the factors but I'm still very much in the camp that well they'll be fine soon um, so yeah in terms of the midfield setup, they ended up in a situation where they had to play the best central midfielders on the wings um, <laughs> which wasn't which wasn't brilliant and then something that you know people have mentioned online um, in terms of like tactical breakdowns uh, the American citizen um, city tactics, you know, Jim, um, about no runners in behind, and like so there were runners early on, weren't there? And I think everybody who's discussed that would would appreciate that, you know, because it looked like for a while they were going to get Foden in behind quite a lot, and like Harland was making the runs and being put in, and they were looking for him at least, and then it all kind of dried up. But it's like Guardiola's not stupid. Guardiola would know that making a run in behind and trying to stretch the team, especially when Villa was so high up the pitch and they were compacting the pitch so much. There was so much pressure on, basically, why they kept losing the ball so often. Because it kept going into people who aren't, like, great on the ball in those positions. Like, Akanji's got better, but he's not as good as Stones is in that role. Stones didn't have a good game anyway. Um... We know Diaz isn't brilliant on the ball under pressure. He'll carry it and hold it until he is and then lay it off, but... He's not like Walker was giving it away. Like Lewis was the same at Arsenal, couldn't get in the game, was kind of bullied off it a bit. Like that's why there was it was the game was so compact in the first half. Villa set off in the second half, but City couldn't then really do anything with it anyway. But particularly in the first half, and they it was just so compact and there was a load of pressure, and City just didn't have good enough players in the situation to deal with that, um, to improve on that. Um, and then you go, oh yeah, the, having runners in behind would have helped. But this is the thing that Guardiola does when control is king. And you go back to the Bernabeu, not last season, with a one-all draw, but the disaster before that. And again, it wasn't a problem because it led to City creating chances and they should have won anyway. Don't need to go down that road again. But they didn't have runners behind. Because it was like, well, if you have runners behind and you try and play those passes and they get cut out, you're getting counter-attacked on. Mm. And it, this is just goes back to Pep's kind of it's almost like when he's confident in his team and it's a big game, he'll try anything. He will, he will, that's where the overthinking comes from because he's brave and he's enthusiastic and he's optimistic that things are going to work. But when he's got doubts, it's kind of the most safest risk averse blokes on the planet. Mm. And you could I, say, I mean, you could, I, you could I, say in, in, in order to get your point across there, he's never going to get hit by a car. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's looking both ways a million times. Um, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, neither do I. Yeah, go find. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, even put. It's, it's on, on one of the. It's on one of the details shows, but have a look on TikTok. Um, it's easier to find. It was yeah from one of the the happier days in the summer where we didn't have to worry about um, results. Um, but like the runners in behind would have just been a, well, we might lose the ball, so we're not doing that. And it's like even even at the risk of like. 
nothing happening in the game. But like that was the goal at Arsenal, wasn't it? Nothing, like ironically, the goal at Arsenal was for really there to be no goals. Yeah. And like on the rare occasions that City were in the Villa half in the second half, I was like, they just want this, don't they? They don't want to. I mean, obviously they want to score, but like they're not going to push it. Yeah, they're not trying to score here. Yeah, they'll only go for it if an opportunity presents itself, yeah. And it's not going to present itself playing like that. How many times did they do the, like, get it to one side, okay, it's not on, come back to the middle, go to the other side, and then bang, there's a big switch. How often did that big switch happen? There was nothing in the second half. There was nothing, nothing. Um, But it was just like, they just wanted to keep that ball as much as possible. They didn't want to push for a goal, but they because there is no outlet, because there are no runners, and also because you could really see it with Walker, Lewis, and Akanji. They would all exchange passes on the right and then give it to Stones. Who's putting a ball anywhere here, even if there was a runner? Like They're all good players, obviously, at what they do. But who's playing a through ball here? And there's no runners anyway. They just want to keep the ball in this area. But then if there's no threat and there's no effort really to go and the players aren't playing well, and like like we said earlier on, they're not really set up to, you know, they're not amazing under pressure. It's not like Rodri is in there. It's not like Gundogan is in there or even Bernardo. I mean, Bernardo kind of was in the second half. He did move inside. It was just like, they're just trying to like, survive. I looked, I looked at the clock with about half an hour to go. I was like, they would be fucking delighted with a nil-nil. Delighted. Just get out of here. Because there was, there, was, there was never a danger of anything else happening. Um, so yeah, just in terms, of, it was the kind of midfield setup and the kind of runners in behind as a kind of tie-in to everything. Like we haven't even needed to mention control because you all know it. But those two things were were two big, two of the bigger topics from the game beyond weren't they all shy. Um, I suppose the other one is, like on Sunday, which we didn't mention, Foden being taken off. Sunday, I could get it a bit more. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I presume Villa was the same. Sunday, I could get it a bit more because it was Foden and Guardiola, wasn't it? It got taken off at the same time. I think it was. Or was it Alvarez? Anyway, I, I, I tweeted, Guardiola's taken off the two players most likely to try a 25-yard ball through the middle. Like, he just didn't want that, did he? But at that point, at the end against Spurs, it was, let's just shut this down. And obviously at Villa, it would have been the same. But you think taking off Foden for Oscar Bob, like, is Oscar Bob any safer? Is he? Well, he's not better, is he? Like, I'm fine. He's a good player, but fuck me. He's not, he's not Foden, is he? So those subs were a bit unusual I could get it against Spurs if he was going ultra safe but like it couldn't have been any safer against against Villa and what's Bob going to give you that the, what is Bob going to give you that Foden can't maybe, like maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overlooking Bob's ability for, for fucking controlling the game but I don't know Like that, that was an unusual one I, I don't have an answer for that coming up after a short ad break we'll look ahead to City's game against Luton we'll talk a little bit about the role of Julian Alvarez and we'll also be dipping into the mailbag see shortly Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. There's also the possibility that, um, I mean, you don't have an answer. Maybe the answer is is something as simple as, you know, Foden has played a lot of minutes right now. All of them have played a lot of minutes. He just needs to change something and he's looked back at the bench and gone, well... Who's there? Maybe. Um, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, your guess is as good, as good as mine on that front. I suppose the only other thing in terms of what people are worrying about, I mean, it, I might be way off here because I've seen lo- I've seen lots of overreactions in my opinion. But obviously, like, we have, we have acknowledged that the squad isn't as good as last season at the moment. But you can't take away the fact that they just have loads of important injuries. And again... Because I was saying this to my boss, he was like, "You got to be careful," because like, loads of teams got injuries, and I was like, "Yeah, I know, but like, I will like fair play for you to raising that. I will make the point to explain what I mean." But like as we've been saying all season, it's not just some injuries; it's just injuries to all the players who can help control the game, and that's so important to City because that's how they play. And also, Guardiola doesn't really mm. He won't really, in these circumstances, try and play another way. And like he, he kind of did at Wolves, and then against Arsenal, he was like, okay, well, we can't do that. Um, and against Villa, he was like, I can't do this. But to be fair, that's, I, the, the reason I kind of hesitated a bit is because obviously earlier in the season, they were finding a way to do it, just out of necessity. And they can still like they can still go back. If they, if they still had these injuries now, and they were playing like, Fulham at home, whoever at home that's like bottom half, It'll be like it was at the start of the season, I think. Um, but yeah, the important thing is you've lost all the control players, including the players who have left, and Guardiola isn't massively set up to thrive with that. He's not just going to go to Villa and say, all right, well, we'll just play on the break with Alvarez and Foden and, and Haaland, which you could do in theory, because that's just not how he's going to want to do it. He's going to, he's going to want to try and shoehorn control into it, even when it's not really a factor. So that's that's why it's so important. But then... Obviously, the flip side of that coin is it is just about the injuries, I think. And obviously, there's a little bit, a little, little bit missing in that Liverpool game where they were better, but, you know, it was a bit watered down. But it wasn't like when they were better than United at Old Trafford last season, but lost anyway, because they were still kind of, they were very watered down then. They were still, there was like, I don't know, like eight out of 10 City against Liverpool. There was not a lot missing. And it reminds me, speaking of that derby, actually, because City had their kind of relative problems, didn't they? Going up to the World Cup, they were fine. Like nobody was really worried about City. Like they had, they hadn't clicked yet, but nobody was really worried. And then all of a sudden, they came back after the World Cup, and it looked like the sky had fallen in. And I was saying, it's just these World Cup issues have come back. They fucked everything up. Once they're sorted, 
they can just go fine. back to yeah. trying to. They're just going to. They can just go back to not perfect, but just trying to click. And then, I do think that's what happened. They obviously did find the click with Stones going into midfield via Rico doing it, and obviously the rest is history. And I feel that's. I feel it's similar in that scenario now, like they were. It was the straw that broke the camel's back last night, not having Rodri. Because if you've not got Rodri, but like Gundogan's there, Bernardo's there, De Bruyne's there, Grealish is there, you can still, you've still got enough players to get you through there. But not having Rodri, as well as not having Grealish, not having Gundogan, not having Mahrez, Stones are only just coming back. It was it, it was just too much. But I, but like against Liverpool, it wasn't that bad at all. They were good. They were good against Spurs in the first half. They were very good. Second half did meander a bit, and they kind of deserved not to win. I think, even though you know the XG was miles, different, you know. They they, 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 let they, it they didn't kill yeah, him yeah. off. They didn't kill him off. They let it fine, but they weren't shit. They just needed. They just they just on that journey towards clicking and getting the players back, and and I just think that Villa game is a bit like that. The post World Cup stuff, and obviously it's all related. Still, it's all the same issue. It's not another issue coming in and hijacking it. But I do just think, and I spoke to somebody today about it. Like I'm not missing anything, am I? It is just the injuries, and that that does seem to be the word back from HQ that. It's just the injuries, and you know, get that sorted, and it won't be anywhere near as bad. And look, you know, they're they've you know they're falling points behind, and fuck, I mean, God, this was supposed to be a correspondence episode, sorry. Um, <laughs> but like Luton on Luton on Sunday, three goals against Arsenal from four shots on target, thirty five percent possession. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it's funny. I've just done uh, earlier today for for the Blue Moon podcast. I uh, I interviewed a Luton podcaster and. Uh, was just like, well, how how are you playing this this season? He's like, well, uh, we we like to transition and we like to get the ball in behind and attack with speed. And I was just like, these are th- this is not the game that I want at the weekend. No, just and isn't. I'll tell you what, City needs to. Well, look, it's one of those, you know. So the big turnaround in the pandemic season, when we didn't think it was coming, but before the big turnaround, they just needed to beat Southampton, didn't they? Yeah, they went to Southampton away and like just before Christmas, and it was like you just need to win. It doesn't matter how you play, and they were awful, and they before. didn't play particularly yeah, yeah. well, and they did win. So it might be that, but I'm, so it might be that. And to be fair, that is probably all they need now. Just get the points. You know, Guardiola saying change the dynamic is just win a game because he, he mentioned that after um, you know they beat Brighton, didn't play particularly well, but they beat Brighton, and that was on the back of the two defeats, wasn't it? against Wolves and Arsenal. So he said, we just needed to change the dynamic. So it's about the result. But it would be much better, much more heartening if they murdered Luton. And I don't even mean like 5-0, 6-0. I just mean no corners, no shots on target, beating 1-0 if you have to, 2-0. That Bournemouth game. But win those, like we spoke to Akanji afterwards, and you'll have seen the quotes on, on, on Twitter, presumably. He was like the jewels. He goes, the thing was the jewels. You know, in a game like that, you need to win the jewels. And if we'd have won them, we'd have been attacking. And if Villa had won them, Villa would be attacking. But he said, Villa won 90%. So you want to see City winning them fucking jewels. The second balls, no messing about on, you know, Doku running back for Spurs is first. Um, Gvardiol for Christ. Um, you know, the Chelsea, the Chelsea's second goal at Stamford Bridge. Um, Diaz for, you know, a few recently. Akanji against Leipzig. None of that. It, it could be it could just be one nil or two nil, but I want to see seventy percent possession, no corners against, no shots on target against, winning the second balls. That's what you want to see. But look, to be fair, a, a victory is probably probably all they need. Yeah, first um, and foremost. But it, it's a bit it's a bit brutal, isn't it? It's a bit brutal that game. Mm. 
Um, let's dip into the mailbag then, because uh, we've had obviously quite a lot of correspondence over uh, the last couple of days with the result at Villa. Um, Luke's been in touch to say, uh, definitely think Villa were the best side we've played in the recent run of fixtures. Not necessarily in individual quality, but work rate and how well they made City make mistakes. Was it just a perfect storm of players missing and a good opposition, or is there something seriously going wrong at the moment? Um, And at the same time, Rick says, uh, Villa has to be seen as an outlier at the moment. The trend of dropped points in recent games doesn't reflect performances. We should have drawn against Arsenal and beaten Spurs and Liverpool and probably Chelsea. There were issues arising from those games that were consistent. Villa, not the same at all and also coincided with a few players missing. Villa were brilliant, but also everything went right for them. I lost count of the number of flicks that got them out of trouble. Let's calm down and see how we go. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the first the first one we've kind of addressed already. Um, also, Guardiola, so Guardiola told Emery after the game, and this was, although Guardiola's normally like this after they win and he's a bit giddy, but it could be classic Guardiola hyperbole, but he told Emery after the game that Villa were the best team that he's played in the last four or five years, which can't be right, can it? Because Liverpool, I mean, Villa were amazing. They were, they were, they were brilliant, yeah, yeah. But like, Liverpool have been unreal, haven't they? Like, he can't mean that. Like, he can't mean it. But, like, they're obviously up there. They are really good. Um, and then, yeah, this, the, the the second note there is kind of what we were, we were just saying before. Like, they were they were good against Liverpool. They were more than good enough against Spurs to have won the game, but fine, they didn't. Um, and then, yeah, the Villa game was a bit of an outlier, like a stinker of an outlier anyway. And, it, and it's hard to make that point when you've, you've drawn three games in a row. Yeah. And you've got the Leipzig game in there, which they won, but was a mess. Um, but, yeah. It's all been a bit of a not ideal slash mess if we if we were including Leipzig, but yeah, like I say, I hand on heart honestly think, and I may be wrong, get get the players back in, um, and it's just completely different. Oh, another thing, you know, you know, Guardiola did that big long answer, the six and a half minute answer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he gave it, and then after that, there was another question. He was like, "Do I have to give another answer after that?" Um, <laughs> but then he said, "He goes, you know, he goes, he goes." We've, you know, we've been good enough. We haven't got the results, but we've been good enough. Maybe we need to improve some things. But we changed the whole core of the team. And it's like, that was the most insightful thing he said. And it wasn't in that big, long, entertaining answer, which everyone, including myself, covered. Like, they changed the whole core of the team. And they have. So you get, obviously, you can't get it all back because Gundogan ain't coming back. But you you get a lot of those players back. You get Stones and Rodri in the same team. Stones coming up from the back, whether it's from right back or centre back. Obviously, you get Grealish back in and playing well. If you can get Docker to play on the right, that'd be fucking brilliant. If Grealish is playing on the left, that'd be amazing. If you can get Foden playing in the middle instead of Alvarez, I mean, I prefer it. Everyone's being down on Alvarez at the minute, and I'm falling into that trap as well because he was bad. And, you know, he's been up and down this season. Um, before the Leipzig game, I was speaking to an Argentinian reporter, and she was like, oh, what do you think of Alvarez? I was like, yeah, I was, mm. like, he's good. He's quality, but like yeah, a bit more. But... <laughs> I think I, okay. Let's, kind of, he, let's, he was let's, growing into that. He was yeah. growing into that number eight role, wasn't he? And he's growing out of it again. But let's—I was going to say—let's address that little um, problem because I, I think City have an Alvarez problem, but it's a problem in the sense of like he's clearly a good player, but like he doesn't fit in the way that they need him to fit right now. Um, and, I mean, you said before that he can't—that you can't see him playing out wide. I can't see him playing out wide, and I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Like what it looks like if he is if he is pushed out wide. Um, at the same time, like 
he ain't displacing Haaland in the team because I mean, as Haaland, I've been a, I've been a little bit frustrated with Haaland recently with his finishing and with with how it's kind of how it doesn't feel like it felt like he'd really clicked into the team at the end of last season and now it feels like he's unclicked again and kind of we have to we have to work it out. Um, but yeah. still, the threat that he poses, you're not taking him out of the team even as good as Alvarez is in in that role. Um, and then behind that, you, you've, he has to play in that De Bruyne role. Or he doesn't play at all, and the problem with not playing him at yeah. all is there's nobody else to play there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and also, to be fair to him, he's played a lot, hasn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was he the only player from you know the usual Premier League team at the start of the season who played at, at Newcastle? He started against Newcastle as well in the League Cup, or there might there might have been another one. I was like, how's he playing again? And then obviously that Liverpool game when he was he was bad in that, but it's like he's just come back from Argentina. He's played a lot, and he like he. Like last season, he came and joined City straight away, like off the back of the River Plate season. Yeah, played the entirety and of then, the World and Cup. Then he, yeah, and then obviously the World Cup, um, and then yeah, he's gone, he's gone straight through, um, and, and and again, like nobody, nobody looked good in that, in that team anyway. It wasn't the team set up to do well. I was on like an Irish radio TV thing on Thursday morning because I thought they wanted me to do it Wednesday morning. So I was like, is there a link? He was like, yeah, there will be later on. And I looked again. It was like Thursday morning. I was like, oh God, I'm going to be discussing City getting beat by Villa. <laughs> um, and I was like, it just, I was like, look, they've got amazing players on the pitch. You look at that lineup and you think, yeah, fine. But it's like that when a team, like a Premier League team, changes their lineup quite a bit, but they've still got players on like under 50 grand a week, like big names, but they lose to like Fleetwood in the FA Cup. And you go, there's no way these players shouldn't be beating Fleetwood. And it's like, yeah, but they're just so disjointed as a team and it just doesn't really work and there's no chemistry. It just felt like that. Like, So you can't really blame Arrows too much with that. But yeah, like this season has been a, a weird one overall. Um, there was another, just another thing from after the game in terms of speaking to Akanji. I just went down because I was waiting to speak to my boss and I was like, well, I might as well go and have a look at the mix zone. But, you know, I'm not expecting anything to happen. And then to be fair to City, they brought through Akanji. So me and Joe from the MEN spoke to him and he was saying like he, he said they weren't very good like he was honest about it but he said he did say I think they defended well and like, if you look I mean City, so the defeat was coming but Villa didn't have loads and loads of good chances they had loads and loads of danger putting the ball in behind but they didn't have loads of good chances did they there were a lot of shots from outside the box obviously I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win or they didn't play well or whatever but like City did defend all right and I messaged you, didn't I? Like saying, Akanji's been all right, you know. And I was like, this, it's not something he can tweet because he'll just go and kick it in his own net with like a minute to go or something. But I did genuinely think he'd been all right. And when Akanji was saying, he, he mentioned something like, we like, we defended well or something. I said to him, I, went, I thought you played really well. And I was like, why have I said that? <laughs> like, what are you doing, mate? Yeah. Like, but to be fair, it, it's not, you know, it's not like we were speaking to Walker, who was a bit shaky. I got. Oh, I thought you played well, Kyle. Be my friend. Like I did genuinely think, like, well, fair play. I can't. He did have a good game. Like, and he was probably the only one actually. Like Edison, actually. If we if we're actually going to go through people who didn't really do anything wrong, yeah, Edison was fine. Well, more Edison than fine. Was he was fine. brilliant. Made some good. Made some good saves. Fine. But like Akanji was probably the only one who like didn't do anything wrong in my opinion. Like again, in midfield, he's not. It's not ideal being in there, but. Like defensively, he was good anyway. So I saw, I saw, I thought I'd tell him. I thought I'd tell him, but it was just really weird. Like it's just not done. Um, but yeah, that was unusual. Bit of light relief, anyway. Comic relief. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members if you subscribe. Sam, what is out there this week? 
loads as you can imagine if you listen to the rest of it um we look at city's injuries more mailbag questions why de bruyne won't actually solve much of this it helped but he's not going to solve it and we have a look ahead to the transfer market and whether we think city will do anything or not that's all for members those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier you can find out more on lmtpod.com if you want to send us an email it's hello at lmtpod.com we're also on twitter instagram and tiktok so just search for lmtpod on there Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.